welcome to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns from the blog HarborHome32.com. I invite you to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee as I share encouragement, relatable life stories, and biblical reflections on These Days at Home. Hello, welcome back to These Days at Home podcast. I'm Melissa Johns, your host. I am recovering from a little bit of a cold this week, so if you hear me cough or sneeze or something, I apologize. But I am here today with my uh, cousin, Dana. Dana, welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, yeah, just I love spending time with you in any form, so I'm glad to be here. (laughs) I agree. Yes. Dana, well, we've known each other our whole lives. Uh, for the most part, <laughs> um, basically we have our cousins, um, and we often get together and tell stories and share just everything about life. And so often we find each other saying, "Oh, me too." <laughs> and so we we share lots of similar interests, and our enneagram numbers the same. So we're really just like sisters, even though we're cousins. I feel absolutely, and, yeah. It's so fun to have you in my life, Aww. and. Um, we actually also share a um, very similar journey in dealing with our hormones, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But Dana, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us uh, where you live, who you are, what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, so I live in Wisconsin. We just uh, built a new home on some land that's a, a mix of uh, country and woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom, oh my goodness, I don't know how many years since, hmm? 10 years? I think about 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. A full-time stay-at-home mom uh, for yeah. that long, and I homeschool my three boys. So I have a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 5-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. My life. So fun. It's so crazy to think how long you've been a mom compared to me, even though we're pretty, you know, similar ages or close yeah. in age. I am still like newbie mom, but you're a veteran, been, been through it. <laughs> yeah, we did start our family very young. I will say that. Um, I had my first when I was 25. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, we did start young. Yeah, it's so great. I wish I would have, but obviously can't change those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God had other things in store. <laughs> yes, he did. And definitely, yeah, definitely wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your hormone health journey and your eventual diagnosis? Yeah. Um, so it took me a long time to get a diagnosis. It took about 10 years. Um, I first started having thyroid issues after my first baby was born. I was Mm -hmm. hypothyroid for a year and I was put on a thyroid supplement and it worked for me. And then after a year was over, um, my thyroid kicked back in and was making enough of its own hormones so I could go off of that supplement, Mm. um, which I was told was pretty common um, for women. With my second baby, which I had just, um, they're about 20 months apart. Um, I did go hypothyroid after having him, but not for quite as long. That was about six months before my thyroid 
uh, started working again. Mm. Um, but a couple How do you know it started working again? Um, so because I was on the thyroid supplement um, and my then my own thyroid started working, then I would get symptoms of hyperthyroid. Oh. Um, so it would be like a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, very agitated. I would get rashes. Um, I, would, mm. I would unexpectedly lose weight. My mm. hair would be really thin. So I had symptoms of the opposite um, from the hypothyroid. Gotcha. Um, a couple of years after that, I really struggled with anxiety and migraines and I went to a mm-hmm. lot of doctors and I never really got great answers. Um, but I just, I don't even know how I came out of it, but it <laughs> moved forward. Um, yeah. and then after my third baby, so we had a gap in our children. There was a five year gap there. And when I had my third baby. I did not have thyroid issues after him, but after I stopped nursing him, I went into a pretty intense postpartum anxiety and depression. Mm. I had a lot of symptoms. At the time, they diagnosed me with PMDD, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, because a lot of my symptoms were around my cycle. But I knew it really wasn't the full picture at that time, but I didn't even really know what to ask for. And yeah. I struggled with those symptoms for a couple of years. And I tried a lot of things. I tried multiple anxiety meds. We tried birth control. I mean, mm. anything, I, you know, behavior health therapy, a, a lot of mm-hmm. things. And I just wasn't getting better. Yeah. Um, and then 2020 came, which was <laughs> for all of Lovely us. Lovely 2020. Yep. <laughs> and I think the stress of that really put me over the top. So by yeah. October 2020, my body just gave up. It, it just bottomed out. My husband took a leave of absence from work because I just could not function. I had so many symptoms. My anxiety Mm. was so intense. I was having panic attacks in just really normal settings, like just sitting watching TV with my family and I would just be in a full panic attack. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of heart symptoms. Like I would have Mm. racing heart. Like I'd just be sitting, like a resting heart rate would be over a hundred. Um, chest pain. Um, I had a lot of heart testing done. Nothing was actually wrong with my heart from what the doctors told me, but I had a lot of heart symptoms. Um, I feel like I'd be passing out, but I never would really pass out. But just that feeling of, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to pass out. Um, Yeah, like the lightheadedness. Yeah. But not quite, yeah. The doctors would ask me, like, do you feel like the room is spinning or do you feel lightheaded? And I'm like, I don't know. It was just this really weird feeling where I, I felt like the lights were going to go out, but I couldn't explain it. I, it didn't feel like the room was spinning. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, migraines. I had gained a lot of weight. I gained like 20 pounds in one year. 
Really? Yeah. Oh Despite the fact, like I was, I was training for a half marathon at the time. <laughs> like, wow. I, I don't understand what's happening. Um, a lot of insomnia for when it was at its worst. There was one week that I did not sleep the entire week. Like the oh my gosh, terrible. Oh, I was awful. Bagging doctors <laughs> at that yeah. point. Um, and fatigue, yeah. like anybody that ends up in the autoimmune world, the fatigue is just mm. debilitating. I had this little test for myself where if I woke up in the morning and I walked to the kitchen and I was out of breath by the time I walked to the kitchen, I would go back to bed for the day. Wow. But just couldn't function. Like your limbs feel so heavy. It's just a really intense fatigue. That's crazy. It really was. And it just debilitating. Um, Mm -hmm. So I saw a lot of doctors again. I saw specialists, Mm -hmm. endocrinologists. I saw someone in Mayo for like menstrual hormone health. And Mm -hmm. all of them would tell me, I can't find anything wrong you're fine, go oh. back to therapy, go back to try more anxiety meds. And I just, I couldn't function. Like I, I needed yeah. other options. So we mm-hmm. finally went to a functional health provider. They were actually mm-hmm. um, acquaintance, acquaintances of ours. They were parents of one of my children's friends at school. So we kind of knew them and we trusted them. Nice. Um, and we, and made that leap to trying this other type of of healthcare, and that was really when my healing started. Mm. Um, that was the first time I felt like a doctor looked at my whole health in, in one big picture, and not just like, all of these different systems. You know, I could yeah. see a specialist for my menstrual symptoms I could see a specialist for my thyroid symptoms but he Mm -hmm. took the whole approach for my whole health and my whole body and he really believed me like he believed what was happening in my body and didn't believe Mm -hmm. it was just because I need to do some more yoga or meditate some more like I right really believed me which was a weight lifted Right. There. Yes, it's huge in and of itself to have yeah. a yes. medical provider that will advocate for you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of testing with him, and it came down to three major areas that I needed treatment. He um, he diagnosed me with Hashimoto's, which is a, a autoimmune disease of the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also discovered I am estrogen dominant. Um, so mm-hmm. I had really high levels of estrogen in my body, um, mm-hmm. both for what my body was producing, but I also learned later it was what I was putting in my body. Um, but my progesterone yeah. was low and they're supposed to balance each other out. Like they're supposed to be at a certain ratio, but my estrogen was much higher than my low progesterone Mm. so my a lot of my menstrual symptoms um were caused by that 
Yeah. And then he also tested me for toxins in my blood. Um, Mm. And it came back that I was high in glyphosate, which is Roundup, like a common um, herbicide that our conventional food system uses, Um, and a pesticide Mm -hmm. that we trace back to my bug spray. That's just so crazy. Yes. Um, And then some heavy metals. I was high in Mm. some heavy metals. Um, So those are the three areas that we targeted for Mm. treatment. Um, Yeah. So a functional provider's treatment is much more geared towards healing your gut to then Mm heal the rest of your body yeah um so we started with um an autoimmune paleo diet which yeah. is a really it's intense <laughs> yeah it's yeah very restrictive um yeah. it's like whole 30 on steroids <laughs> yeah yeah in yeah. a nutshell it's like uh meats um veggies um fruits i could still fruits. Use fruits yeah yeah and not even some nuts right i mean some yep. nuts but not all yeah almost then... it starts out with no nuts or seeds um yeah but yeah and legumes or like no legumes yeah. beans no grains mm-hmm. zero grains and nightshades like mm-hmm. <laughs> i realized at the time like i really depended on the nightshade family for most of my veggie intake like yeah and peppers and potatoes like yeah (laughs) they're the easiest to know what to do with and they're in most the flavors in most american foods that we know of absolutely yeah 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 and they taste so much better (laughs) yes they do who doesn't love pasta sauce and pizza sauce yes i know in the beginning i felt like they're like okay take away all of the great tasting stuff and eat all of this green crap. (laughs) It feels like torture. It really is. It was intense. It was intense. And no Uh, eggs. That's another big one. Yes. Um, Yeah. Eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like for thyroid, especially eggs are, are difficult. I couldn't even tell you why, but Mm -hmm. that's like one of the number one. um, That's one that you're still not eating, right? Right, right. So over time, yeah, I so I did that as a reset. And I did that exclusively, it took about six months. Um, And then I could add some things back in as I started to feel better. Um, So I Mm -hmm. I eat nightshades now, I eat some grains, Um, I don't ever eat the grains in their raw form, like I don't just have rice or oats, but Mm. if I bathe them in something or they're a rice flour or oat flour I can tolerate mm. those oh that's um, good yeah and I for a while quite... there you were really not doing any kind of green right yes I was completely yeah. grain free quite a while um, yeah and nuts mm-hmm. I got nuts and seeds back so oh that's so good yeah that opens up a lot like every time you get a new food group it's like oh my gosh the world's amazing i can make this or i can buy that brand of crackers yeah yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you do get it back but it it was necessary for a while Mm -hmm. to um really reset my gut yeah um 
Yeah. So that was the major treatment. I, I did mm-hmm. some supplements, um, a vitamin B supplement, and I still take that. Um, okay. People with Hashimoto's almost always are deficient in vitamin B because our bodies use vitamin B to make thyroid hormone. Mm, and so interesting. Bodies are always working harder to make it. Um, yeah. We're often deficient. So I still take that. And I did do an estrogen detox supplement for about three months. Wow. Um, to really reset um, my menstrual hormones. Yeah. Oh my that God. was very I'm... effective. Yes. Okay. I I remember I too, I had taken some, um, something like that. And within like a few hours of my first dose, I got my cycle. It was oh like, my gosh. boom, here you go. Yes. Right. Uh, it is oh, incredible. I, yes. I learned so much about my cycle and what yeah. I thought was normal it was not. It is common mm-hmm. to have a lot of symptoms, but mm-hmm. it's not normal. Like 28 days is normal. Anything outside mm-hmm. of that and our bodies are talking to us. They're telling yeah. us something's off. Yeah, um, for sure. Not that I'm not 28 days all of the time, but yeah, I'm listening when I'm not. Right, yeah. right. And you kind of yeah. know how to adjust um, from there. Right, yeah. right. And that's the last... Interesting. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was... Just, that's what's so interesting to, me, interesting to me about a lot of this is that if you work with it for a while, like pretty soon you can start noticing certain things in your body and you can make it like little adjustments here and there to kind of like get yeah. you back on track. Like it doesn't have to be this intense marathon for the rest of your life but it's like a, right. yeah it's like oh okay I need to change that back or I should really maybe tweak my eating this way or you know whatever it is um yeah kind absolutely of see if your symptoms change yeah right and managing stress levels it mm-hmm. you really it's like learning a new language to listen to your own body and yeah. really tune into what's happening and what it's telling you mm-hmm. and it yeah it's um it's a learning curve for sure. Um, yeah, big one. Boy, it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What were you going to say about the last thing you did? Oh, the last treatment. Um, I use an infrared sauna. So my body mm-hmm. really struggles to detox in normal detox pathways, like through the liver and the kidneys um, and through my skin. Like people with thyroid issues don't sweat very well like when we exercise Hmm. we don't sweat a lot um which is a main like detox pathway for our bodies and so the infrared sauna once I started to use that regularly that's when I really felt like I had made it like I really felt like I was back on track like the lights came back on my mental clarity was um back to what I thought it could be yeah. So that was really the last like piece of the puzzle in my treatment. Wow. And so the sauna, it's through um, through the heat of the sauna that your body will then sweat out all of the toxins. Is that the idea? Yeah, it's yes, it opens up those toxin pathways uh, or the detox pathway. So an infrared sauna is different than a a steam sauna. Like a steam sauna, um, mm. you're sweating 
through the skin, um, but the infrared sauna will get deeper into your muscle tissue and pull the toxins through um, deeper into your body. Uh, So it's a different sweat. And I personally, I prefer the dry heat versus like a steam. (laughs) Steam sauna is kind of, I get a little claustrophobic. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, so it was so effective for me that we actually bought one of our own to have in our house. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How often do you use it? Um, I try to use it about three times a week, unless I feel like I'm relapsing, then I'll use it every day if I'm trying to come out of something. Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing investment that you've made. Yes. I, yeah. I I mean, don't hear me saying we should all go buy a sauna. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, Yeah. no, just like the, the fact that, yeah, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this because it makes that big a difference to me, you know, to be able to do that is, it's huge. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 Well, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. um, all so interesting. I, um, I know there's been many light bulb moments for me in my, um, my hormone journey. I think when you started having a lot of your symptoms and you were like, okay, this isn't going away. I got to figure this out. You're like, what's that book you read? And so I yes. <laughs> sent you the picture of it and you went out and bought your own yep. copy. So yeah, reading Absolutely. through that book, I just had so many light bulb moments. Um, one for me was the the fact that, you know, we eat whatever we eat. If our bodies don't tolerate it, it acts as stress. And so like our um, um, cortisol raises, um, when we're eating things that we don't tolerate. That was one of my light bulb moments. What was one, mm. if you could pick one light bulb moment in your journey, what would it be? Mm. Well, I loved that book. She actually wrote a second one specifically on estrogen dominance. Oh. Um, and so I bought that one too. Nice. And that one. For me, um, a big turning point for me was realizing it wasn't just the food that Mm. it was also my skincare products um, and anything I put on my body Mm -hmm. and so in her estrogen dominance book she has all of these recipes for like cleaning supplies and Mm. uh, makeup or soaps and and that that sort of thing Mm. Um, I actually learned that the anxiety meds that they had put me on. Like I tried a couple of different ones. None of them ever really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out it was because the fillers in the anxiety meds are parabens, which oh. are, uh, yeah. what do they call them? Uh, uh, estrogen disruptor. Yeah, right. Yep. Right. So I was, I was just adding fuel to the fire oh and I gosh. didn't know it. You know, you're just trying any option but so that was big for me to learn that okay anything I put in or on my body Mm -hmm. I need to start paying attention to yeah Um, and that it's perfect I still eat things I you know that are not whole foods and I still Mm -hmm. use lotions at the hotel room sometimes if I forgot something you know it's not Mm -hmm. perfect but um just trying to control the controllables. 
was right. was important. Yeah. Yep. I know it's, it is a deluge. Like once you start digging into things, you're like, I like, I need to live in a plastic bubble. Like nothing is safe. Like, yes. It's just, you it can really feel like that. In the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And it, it feels so like so many things to tackle all at once. Like all of a sudden you don't want to use anything in your house. I can't mm-hmm. eat anything in my cupboards and I can't put anything on my body. Like it gets to be yeah. a lot, but it doesn't yep. have to be. I felt like that just because I was so desperate to oh, yeah. stop feeling the way I was feeling. But Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think that's the thing, you know, it's like, I think maybe someone that isn't experiencing all these things might be like, yeah, okay, what's the point? You know, but if you really are <laughs> feeling like if you're experiencing something and like, you, you, yeah, you do anything to have it different, you know, you do yeah. anything. And so you, yeah, you just, you realize it's like, oh my gosh, like I the, can't, I can't go forward, not addressing this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so Absolutely. I think. And I, I think, yeah, I remember reading that book thinking most people out there probably have a hormone issue of some kind, you know, just by yeah. the symptoms that they describe. Yes. Like, this, I thought this was normal. I thought, I know yes. I said that in my other episodes, but anyway. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I learned to say it's common, but mm-hmm. it's not normal. Like it's mm, not how like it's related to be, but it, it is so common. I mean, even just mm-hmm. common things like bloating or burping mm-hmm. a lot or indigestion, like mm-hmm. we all just assume that's what life is, but it's really not. Like yeah. if that's happening on a daily basis, it's, it's really not how our bodies mm-hmm. are made to function. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's funny because the, you know, I don't want to say Western medicine, but the, there's, I mean, there's yeah. a whole aisle in the pharmacies for all those symptoms, like yes. small and tones. And like, I mean, you could buy anything yeah. to make yourself feel better. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, so you it's can just really keep eating whatever mentality. you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It really is the mentality of take mm-hmm. a pill, make it go away, take a pill, make it go away. And it, yeah. so it is a different lifestyle to, it is. to rely on, on other things to, to prevent rather than mm-hmm. deal with this. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I had a, uh, when I was sick, not this last time, but the time before that I, I was having some body aches and stuff. I never really got a fever, but I, I, I held off taking ibuprofen all day, even though I was really uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I just, I was like, I just want my body. I just want to know what my body will do. Like, I want to know yeah. what it will do instead of just masking the pain. I want to know mm-hmm. what, how my body will respond to this. Like, will I feel a hundred percent better tomorrow because I let my body do its normal fighting thing or, sure. you know, like, I don't, it was just really interesting to me. Um, yeah. So kind of, yeah, that same mindset, not just take a, take a pill when I'm yeah. in pain, but just let my body kind of figure it out and maybe it might be bad right. for a day, but maybe it'll be better tomorrow. And it was, I felt a lot better the next day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just yeah. allowing that discomfort. I, we mm-hmm. just don't allow ourselves to be uncomfortable most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, oh man. So interesting. Um, yeah. So obviously we've talked about things that are really hard to do, you know, as far as like mm-hmm. lifestyle changes, but what is one thing that's been truly enjoyable that you um, are just so glad you made certain changes and have really enjoyed 
doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, there's a couple of things that I, I stopped exercising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. making myself do that um so my functional provider told us told me that I was a runner um yeah and I really yeah. used that like to handle anxiety and just stress management I, I was a big runner um mm-hmm. and he just told me that's too hard on your body um that's too hard on your thyroid um so I don't do vigorous cardio anymore mm-hmm. um I do I garden from like April, May till end of October. Yeah. And then I'll do like a yoga class through through the the winter months. Um nice. And I walk my dog, I guess. I still walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but I I don't vigorously exercise. And so that is I don't it's such a load off to not feel like you have to fit that in, especially as a mom, time constraints. Mm-hmm. It just it was really freeing. Mm. Um, and I think the other really blessing that came out of it was anytime you have a health scare, your whole life just comes into focus and Mm. everything that's really actually important comes to the surface and everything else just floats away. Yeah. Like when I couldn't function, everything I thought was important about what I was doing and it was all good like being a mother being a wife attending my home mm-hmm. uh, the ministries that I was serving in at church mm-hmm. like, all of them were good but mm-hmm. you don't have your health mm-hmm. it's still yep. not the most important thing for yeah. me so to have everything stop all of the activities we did stopped, everything the kids were in stopped, everything we were doing stopped, and we were able to build our lives back with the most important things Hmm. and able to let go of these good things, but they weren't the best things. Um, That was really pretty amazing the way we could rebuild like we got a whole reset in yeah that's huge (laughs) yeah yeah that is I mean I yeah I mean people do that you know for like you know new year's or a season but like to truly Mm -hmm. be like no this is not our life anymore like we right we get a hand make what it's gonna be like for us right and we had no Mm -hmm. like pressure from the outside like anytime someone knows you're having a health challenge like Nobody expects anything from you. So, yeah. you know, there's no of that, none of that extra expectation coming from the outside to, to people please or do yeah. what needs to be done. Like you really just add in what is best. And at the mm-hmm. time, like my energy was very limited. And so, right. you know, I think when we're healthy, we feel like we can just push it. We can just keep going. We can add that one thing in, it's not that big a deal. But when you have a very limited supply of energy, mm. you know, I could wake up and say, okay, I'm going to read a story to my kids today and I'm not going to do this other thing. It, it was very yeah. specific on mm. how I'm going to spend my limited energy. Yeah. Um, that ended up being a blessing and something we've stuck with. Um, our life is so much simpler than it used to be. Mm. Oh, yeah. cool. 
Yeah. So what was, what was that like as a, as a parent, you know, I'm sitting here with three littles and just thinking, I mean, I got sick with a cold last mm-hmm. week and I felt that same way. Like it just makes you realize like what's important. And I just stopped stressing mm-hmm. about parenting a kid in this way or that way, or, you know, what, yeah. what have you. So what was that like for you as like in the parenting world? Like did, I don't know. Yeah. How did you approach your parenting yeah. after this? In the beginning, I fought it really hard. I, <laughs> I, I mean, the being a mom is what I did. Like homeschooling is what I did. We continued to homeschool through that time, um, yeah. and and so it was very, very difficult for me to not mother. Like yeah. even going through things like Mother's Day. Like, how do you celebrate? being a mom when you don't feel like you can do any of the things that make you a mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord was really, really intent on teaching me how to rest. Mm-hmm. I There were times where I, I could not do anything but sit yeah. in a chair and I could just sit outside and watch my kids play or sit inside and be around my family I I couldn't read to them I couldn't um what you can watch like Mm. a screen with them you know very very simple um so it what I dealt with a lot of guilt in the beginning but Mm. the Lord really surrounded me with so many great people that loved on my children and even taught my children through that time Mm-hmm. That it just showed me how much I thought the world was resting on my shoulders that wasn't. Like wow. I went a solid six months where I could barely get out of bed and my kids were fine. My house mm-hmm. was fine. My relationships were fine. They're, they weren't what they were before, but nobody died. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, <Yeah. laughs> you know, we didn't have any major accidents. But yeah, like yeah. you can feel like that as a mother, especially with young kids. So my youngest was very young. He was two, three years old. Um, yeah. So he was very young and, you know, couldn't always understand. But he would love mm-hmm. to come snuggle in my bed with me. And that's what mm-hmm. we did. And that's all I could do. Um, mm-hmm. I really relied on the the story of the, the fishes and loaves. Um, I forget, is it in Matthew? I think, um, yeah. Where the little boy just brought this tiny little offering and the Lord just Mm -hmm. multiplied it. And that's what I felt like every day. Like I Mm. have this piddly little offering to give and I don't know how it's going to affect my children, but the Lord filled in the gaps and, Mm -hmm. And we came out the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. You know, it, it, yeah, it just shows us that we, we have to rely on God, you know, like he, yeah. he, yeah, in him, we live, move and have our being. And like, that is, that mm-hmm. is it, you know, like, we, like, he, like you were saying, just sitting in a chair, like that is all you could do. And yeah, yeah the Lord knew that and um said yep I got it from here you know um, yeah he really he really took everything and he you know, really did the, yeah. for 
for your kids, for your family. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no matter the circumstances. Yeah, there was one morning, it, it had been a number of days in a row that I didn't pass the kitchen test. <laughs> um, and I was just weeping and I was just crying out to the Lord. And he just put on my heart, like, Dina, when you opened your eyes this morning, you were worth dying for. And oh, you did yeah. nothing mm. to earn that. And everything mm. else you're going to do in a day is just icing on the cake. Like, mm-hmm. he wants us to do our work. You know, we're made to work and fulfill our calling and all of that. But he doesn't need us to. Mm-hmm. And he will make his will happen whether or not we can get out of bed. Yeah. So that was just a comfort to me. Like, okay, yeah. he, that's all it takes. Opening yeah. your eyes in the morning and you are mm-hmm. worth every sacrifice he made. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's just, it shows the, like the depths of God's grace to us. <laughs> like we yes. still, as people that believe in God and believe the gospel, we still try so hard, don't we, to yes. our salvation. But like, it's, mm-hmm. it, we don't do anything. Yeah. We open our eyes. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, there is nothing else to it. You know, his grace just goes so deep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay. So yeah, we talked about the pesticides. That was really fascinating to me. Um, so I, I said in my last podcast episode that, um, I kept found a little information about how on the average strawberry and spinach, there's like seven different kinds of pesticides, Yeah, which is just nuts to me. And I I remember visiting you, um, in your new, uh, your new home, your new land, and you were talking about the farmer next, um, that has that rents out part of your property. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're yeah. talking to him about not run or not using certain um, uh, certain pesticides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sprays. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just crazy, and I it occurred to me. I'm like, wow, I I live in farmland. I mean, I'm in town, but we've got you know we've got tons of farms everywhere. It kind of made me just realize, like, I bet it's I bet it's just even in the air. <laughs> Oh, yes, definitely. Yep. Um, they, we asked him to give us a warning if he's going to spray. Um, mm-hmm. So we so we asked him to have his, so he, he uh, planted a hay field around where we garden and they don't spray hay. Um, okay. And so the corn is, I had read at some point, um, at least 600 yards away from wherever you're planting organic food any non-organic or conventional food needs to be 600 yards away for it to not land on the food like it's still in the air if we're you know outside breathing Mm -hmm. um but it's yeah that was kind of the the boundaries that we had put on it wow Mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me yeah yeah it it really affects people (laughs) yeah for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just so so fascinating yeah I just had that little side note in our notes and so wanted to circle back around to that yeah um so um so what would your encouragement be to someone who 
is wanting to start eating more whole foods, living non-toxically, but has budget budget constraints because we've both been, mm-hmm. you know, we both have one income households. We've had to do the whole budget thing. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. what, what encouragement would you have? Yeah. Um, I, my, my initial response is plant a garden. <laughs> I love gardening, mm-hmm. but like the truth about gardening, like, and, you can save even with a small garden, but big savings with a garden doesn't really happen until you're really into it. Um, like you really have a lot of the the tools and the the paraphernalia for like preserving the food. Yeah, I don't know what's the word. <laughs> no, for. that's, that's a great word. term. It just made me laugh. It's like, yep, all the stuff you need, <laughs> all the stuff. Yeah, uh, and that takes a long time to like build up over years and mm-hmm. you learn a lot about each different type of food you want to preserve. So gardening is great. Like if you have that option, yeah. um, but if you're like currently battling symptoms and trying to change your lifestyle and working on a budget, I think I would start mm-hmm. in two places. I think I would start with a meal service because mm. uh, there are meal services that can cater to each different type of diet out there, including autoimmune paleo. Uh-huh. They're not, you're not going to save a lot of money, but mm. you will start your healing mm. sooner. And it, it, it just takes so much time to and energy to go to the store and read all the labels and figure out your new lifestyle. Like it will give you time to figure that out. Um, And then once you're kind of in used to eating that way and in that lifestyle, I would start with buying local uh, meats in bulk. Um, So we buy most of our meats from a local farmer and we buy them uh, once or twice a year. So we get beef and pork. Um, and it can save quite a bit of money when it comes to the variety of meats you're getting in those in the, um, mm-hmm. in those different types of meats. Um, so you so at least for us, we pay just the hanging weight of the animal per mm-hmm. pound. And it's just the market price per pound. Uh, mm-hmm. for that type of meat to the farmer and then we pay the butcher a processing fee yeah and yep. so, so it's the same price for ground meat or steaks or roasts or all of that um, <laughs> and it comes out to the price of ground meat in the grocery store as yeah. what we pay across the board for all Everything. of this variety of meat right so if you have like a, a chest freezer or a stand-up freezer being able to buy meats in bulk will save you a lot and give you so much variety in the meats mm-hmm. that you can eat yeah. on a budget. Yeah, we, we've we been buying um, from a, um, a local person here our beef. And yeah, whenever we pull out steak, I'm like, I feel like I'm living living not the high life having steak yes, here but it, it's, yeah, it costs me the same much as a one pound of hamburger <laughs> for yes to feed my family which yeah it's it's crazy um yeah when you think about it that way and then you know practically too if you have all that meat on hand like you don't go to the store as often which yeah 
you know, it's, I mean, that's, yeah, that alone helps reduce just the little tiny purchases you don't even think about or don't really realize you're, you're making. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's easier to meal plan and just pull out a bunch of meat at the beginning of the week and then you just cook up what you got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It saves on time and energy and mental capacity just to have Mm -hmm. the food in your home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great Mm -hmm. tip you gave about the meal services because I mean, it, it is so overwhelming when you start out. I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, I mean, if you had that meal service, you are still cooking the food. And so it's like, even right. though it's all there, you know, and ready for you and the recipes there, it's still, you're still learning like, oh, this is how you make this food taste this way. And I, that was such a big part of it for me was actually learning how to cook all those things. Yes. Um, yes. <clears throat> that that was yeah invaluable to learn how to do that so with the meal service it yeah it's, it takes a lot of steps out for you but you still get that learning part of it yeah absolutely I would agree that it there's so many things to learn when you start and if you're having symptoms like I couldn't even mm-hmm. go to the grocery store let alone figure out yeah. how do I cook these things that now they want me to to eat and yeah so Mm -hmm. it was it was intense and I think it would have been less intense if I had just done the meal service and learned through through somebody else like somebody else Mm -hmm. did the work and so yeah through that yeah definitely yeah that's Mm -hmm. where some of those like hurt the meal plans in the um the cook that cookbook is yeah like intriguing but she I don't know. I, I think she's got some crazy she lives recipes in a big in city. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lives yeah. in a big city. Those aren't very common. Yeah. Things to find. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I've been able to find no, pretty normal foods to eat without going into the crazy land with, yeah. <laughs> you know, and still, yeah. and still like, I don't put my hormones. Yeah. Chicken feet in my soup. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even I'm know where you seaweed on a regular basis. <laughs> right yeah yeah she definitely must live in a big city or in those markets that they Mm -hmm. have all of those options but yeah Yeah. I think the biggest thing I took away from that though was um variety like we Mm. need so much variety in what we're eating Um, I think we typically eat like the same things every day or the same Mm -hmm. meals every week um and I heard so when you recommended that book and I you know, devoured the book and then I mm. took a deep dive under all of her stuff on social media and anytime mm-hmm. she was I don't know had things to listen to I listened but one mm-hmm. time she said we need to aim for 40 different plant-based products in our diet every week what? and that blew my mind oh my <laughs> gosh I think I, I might do 10 <laughs> Oh my but, gosh, so I don't even know if I do 10. Like, well, but everything like the herbs, the spices, the oh, vegetables, okay. uh, seeds, nuts, okay. you know, anything oh, plant based across wow. the board. That's nuts. She said aim for 40 different. So I don't even know if I eat 40 different now, but my variety is so much more yeah. than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the variety of things. Like I've got a little jar of olives sitting here next to me. I'm <laughs> eating them. <laughs> like I would never have done that a few years ago. 
<laughs> it's a great little snack, you guys. It really is. I I love olives. <laughs> I okay. You can edit this out, but I just picturing <laughs> Joey with like olives on all five of his fingers. <laughs> pardon me while I actually chew my olive now <laughs> yeah I will have to edit that out <laughs> Sorry. no and actually you know what we probably won't because I haven't figured out how to edit on this thing <laughs> so... <laughs> so we're just gonna leave it in all right. Oh. So everybody oh. listening, we're big friends fans. Big friends fans. Oh my word, are we ever so sad? Chandler died. Uh, oh my god, Matthew Perry. Yeah. I was yeah. so sad. Yeah, it's a so, big yeah. one. It's a yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. <clears throat> so next question I had was. What is one thing you would tell yourself at the beginning of your journey if you could talk to talk to yourself at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple things. I think I would tell myself to trust myself earlier and trust mm-hmm. the Lord earlier. Um, mm-hmm. It took me a long time to get up the courage to see a functional provider. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that that would be an option for me. Yeah. Um, and I think when it came to starting the change in the lifestyle, I think I would simplify it quite a bit more than I did. Like, there is so much mm-hmm. to learn and like my personality is like, I got to get it right or I'm never going to heal. Oh, um, yeah. True. But I get that. How I felt in the beginning. Enneagram um, ones for her. Yes, yes. I'm going to do it right or I'm yes. not going to try. <laughs> um, so just simplifying to if it has a mother or grows from the ground, I can eat it. Hmm. And then listening to my body from there on what, what, um, what brings healing or what causes symptoms. Yeah. Um, now I... I did have to cut out a little more than that when it came to my thyroid issues as far as the autoimmune disease. Like I did cut out gluten, dairy, and eggs are still big mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. But I do think like just that simplified message of just rest. Mm-hmm. I really learned throughout the process, you know, when we go to the doctor and we have like an acute problem, like say, like I just took my son in for stitches a couple of weeks ago. Oh, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really, all they do is clean it out, and you know, close it up, protect it, and let it rest. Hmm. That's really all we do with our bodies, and so hmm. our guts are the same. If we clean it out and protect it from you know other toxins mm. or or things that can't handle coming in and rest it mm-hmm. uh, the lord lives in us and he will heal mm-hmm. our bodies in that way like mm. our his body healed his knee it yeah. nobody did anything other than cleaning it up and right. protecting it um so just mm. that just simplify it um i like that and healing will 
will come if that is the Lord's mm-hmm. path for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that because, um, yeah, yeah. When you think about the gut, that is, I mean, there's so there's so much possibility after you heal. You know, I think there's the um, the gaps diet I've heard a lot about, um, and a lot of yeah. that is you're eating, you're just eating um, vegetables cooked in bone broth and tons of bone broth. It's just like basically yeah. that's all you eat because bone broth is so like homemade bone broth is right. so incredibly healing to the gut. Um, and then after, you know, a certain amount of time you reintroduce things. And the, so the whole idea is you heal the gut and then you move on. <laughs> you can right. reintroduce right. here. You can reintroduce all these other things and your body may not have the same symptoms, um, that it did before. Um, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it is really, yeah, kind of that, yeah, that concept of, of healing. It's just that cleaning it out and protecting it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had, like, I had some symptoms I didn't even know were symptoms. Hmm. Uh, but further along in my healing, all of a sudden, I didn't have to wear glasses anymore. <gasps> Seriously? Yes. I went in for, like, a regular eye exam, and my optometrist said, Dana, do you see better with your glasses off? It's like, I don't, I don't know. I've never not worn my glasses in seventh mm-hmm. grade. <laughs> and sure enough, like I took my glasses off and I could read the board better. It was just, That's nuts. and I haven't gone back. Like I, it's been three years now and I, I still don't wear my glasses. I, it just blew my mind it blew my mind well you know there must be something to that because they they tell you when you're pregnant to not get any eye exams because your vision changes when you're pregnant which with the is hormones, that, yeah. yeah with all the hormones so that makes sense if you're balancing your hormones then your eyes will it might adjust that's They'll crazy adjust. yeah and i mean i'm not trying to say like Hey, everybody out there, you don't have to wear glasses if you eat like, right, like right. that's not going to yeah. happen. But, uh, but it did for me. Like it was, yeah. and I, I would have, nobody would have known in seventh grade that mm. when I got mm. glasses, that it was because of my thyroid or yeah. my menstrual cycle starting, you know? Yeah. I would have yeah. never known. Yeah. But, oh yeah. yeah. Puberty, I guess. Yeah. You go through puberty yeah. and yeah. yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. So cool. So fascinating. Yes. Bodies are a wonder. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies are a wonder. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I've got a few questions here that I ask every person I interview. Um, mm. And so we'll jump ahead to those. I haven't had a guest for a while, so these will be fun. This is not related to our season topic, um, but they're just fun. So, um just thinking about being a homemaker, being a mom, being a homeschooling homemaker and mom, um, homesteading, throw all the homes in there, homesteading, homeschooling, <laughs> homemaker, all the things. Um, we live our lives at home. People. We do. <laughs> oh, yes. We do. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, what is your encouragement to the everyday homemaker? Big picture, little hack. What's your encouragement? Um, oh goodness. Um, I think allowing yourself and giving ourselves permission to march to our own rhythm. Mm. Um, 
there's a lot of messages even within the the communities we're in like homeschooling or homesteading or stay-at-home moms there's a lot of expectations about how our days are going to go how we're going to parent how we're going to feed our families Mm -hmm. um and it just really is different for everybody and so allowing your family to have its own rhythm Mm -hmm. gets really beautiful further down the line like the more you sink into it and allow the lord to direct those paths Mm. i love the rhythm of our family i love Mm -hmm. when we're all home i love how we function i love how we travel Mm. not like it's not sunshine and roses all the time like we still bigger like we have problems but Mm -hmm. how we solve those problems and how we um just live our lives just I just love it. And yeah. I, it, I don't think I would have if I hadn't given up the expectations of others on what it means to be a stay-at-home mom or means to mm-hmm. be a homesteader or means to be a homeschooler. Mm-hmm. Um, it's We're all unique and our families yeah. are unique. That's good. Yeah. It's good to hear from you who has been, you know, parenting and doing this for longer than I because we're in the trenches right now with three little ones <laughs> and we're just trying so hard to set a family tone and culture and yeah. you know like we have all these little things we do like we sing the doxology at the end of every meal and this other little <laughs> tune and like I love that part of our day in our family and we we have three sit down meals every day which yeah I don't think it's necessary not everyone ha- does you know like that's not for everyone but we love it and right. It's just like, I, and it's hard. The kids don't want to sit, you know, like Patrick is oh, like, yeah. all over the place, but like, it, I just have that feeling of like, no, I want this to be a thing. I want this to yeah. be a thing for us. And yeah, so it's good to hear that. Yeah. If you think ever so long, you sink into it and it is just part of the way you, of the rhythm you live your life. And yeah. And they'll yeah. get to know that rhythm and they will grow into it and they'll add their own you know unique flair mm-hmm. to it but yeah they, they do they and they love that routine and they'll love the rhythm of our families too so mm-hmm. yeah Thank I hope you. so oh that's good um so a lot of homemakers and moms who have gone before us will often say don't sweat the small stuff so where <laughs> you are at in your stage of life, what is that small stuff that you're trying not to sweat? Or maybe what would you tell us with mom, as moms of littles to not sweat? <laughs> oh, um, well, with moms of littles, Kyle, I was such a perfectionist when I had little people. <laughs> it was, it was not great. Oh, uh, I'm there. I I'm just, there. I felt like every sin that I could see in them was going to be terrible. Like, oh, I, yeah. like my child would really like the moon and want to learn all about it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, don't be a moon worshiper. <laughs> <laughs> like every mom, I swear, every mom has thought they're raising a serial killer. Like at some oh point, gosh. you just think this kid is nuts. It's, it's going to be crazy. Yes. Yes, he's gonna be that kid. (laughs) Every mom thinks that. Every mom thinks that, and or like missing milestones. Like, oh Mm. my goodness. Um, But know that it's 
they're all phases <laughs> and we even go through phases as moms where mm-hmm. where things will really bother us and then all of a sudden we'll look back and like that was not a thing yeah yes so yeah I think it took me a long time to learn to not sweat that. And I think I'm a way more relaxed mother with my third than I was with my first. Mm. And even mm. my first would be able to tell you that. <laughs> uh, so for, for my stage now, I have, a, I have a 13 year old. So we're entering the teenage years. And I'm trying not to like project teenage mm. um, stereotypes onto him yeah um, or like expecting that that's how he's going to behave because he really doesn't act like too much of a teenager yet um and so he's such a sweet kid oh he is and he um he's quite mature um Mm -hmm. yes very much so we're still like yeah he's still a human Um, and so yeah i'm just trying to to enjoy who he is and not um not project who I think he might turn into in the next five years (laughs) that's uh (laughs) but I'm scared of him becoming (laughs) yeah that's that's good yeah because I mean yeah I suppose the teenage years are ones that people worry about but just like the toddlers like there's good and there's good things like you're learning and seeing who they are you know yeah 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 mm-hmm. crazy i'm just plugging in my phone because it's about to die One second. Oh. um okay so what book author speaker music podcast um has impacted you the most recently um i have two podcasts that i listen to almost almost religiously i would say yeah yeah um <laughs> i uh, old fashioned on purpose oh, that yeah. i learned a lot through her um, yeah. as far as like the homesteading world mm-hmm. um, i wouldn't say I agree with everything but i learned a lot from her yeah um and thousand hours outside oh i knew you were gonna say that one yeah yeah that yeah. was a big one for for me mostly because she just interviews authors of books that she reads and yeah. she's got great taste in books. And yeah. so I end up with this great book list of wonderful information. Um, and she's just a really genuine down to earth person, despite the fact that she has this giant platform. Yeah. Um, she seems to really enjoy almost everything that she puts out. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I've listened to her stuff before too. And um, yeah, just, I mean, really fascinating stuff. Even mm-hmm. there was this one, even on video games, she interviewed some doctor of something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, but it was just, it was about video games and if we should like them or not. And it was just really, really fascinating to listen to that. Yeah. 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 It runs the gamut. I mean, her, mm-hmm. her tag mm-hmm. is a thousand hours outside and we do mm-hmm. go for that. Like, that uh lifestyle that goal of being outside a lot but right her podcast just runs the gamut of all types of of health and parenting and mm-hmm. um yeah it's really it's a good one yeah definitely yes 
Um, and what is your favorite, the favorite, um, your favorite thing that you are cooking right now? Um, so I'm trying to experiment a lot with gluten-free sourdough. So that's fun to like try different things. Mm Um, I, I started it over the summer, but then harvest really took my time. And so I just like kept it alive in the fridge for a couple months. Yeah. Um, and now, now that harvest is done, I'm spending a lot more time in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also really gotten into brining like brining oh. pork chops and brining um, like whole chickens. Ooh, yum. Um, that has been really fun. I kind of dreaded eating pork chops before yeah. I learned how to brine them. Like they're really tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so, but brining really helps a lot. Interesting. That's, yeah, yeah that, that's really cool to know. I don't know much about it, but it's a, like a soaking process, right? Like you do a lot of soaking yeah. with the meat. Yeah. So like a marinade, right. but not quite the same. Like it's more than that. Yeah. Well, so I would consider it less than that. Like, um, oh, okay. So when, I, when I like take like a pork chop, for example, and I'm going to thaw it to cook it either later that day or the next day, I'll put it in. It's just water, salt, and some sweetener. Um, mm-hmm. So like brown sugar or uh, maple sh- maple syrup or something, um, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I, it thaws in the brine, so it's over a, at least a half a day. Usually, it's a full day, and then I cook it like normal. But it's so much more tender and mm. flavorful. Interesting. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. You'll have to send me your favorite recipes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dana, for joining us. This was so fun. I think this is going to be the longest podcast episode on record, (laughs) but it's because we have such a great time talking to each other. (laughs) They can listen to it in chunks. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what I have to do with my my favorite favorite ones that are long. Uh, Extend the joy through many days. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, thank you for asking. I'm so honored, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just love spending time with you. So yeah, same, same. Well, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. I'm sure some somebody who's listening has learned a lot, and um, yeah, if you have any um, anything that's like going off in your brain, like, huh, I wonder if I should get this checked out. Definitely do. I know Dana mm-hmm. would um, advocate for that, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just important um to keep keep seeking out your own hormone health absolutely yeah all right well thank you so much dana yes thank you yeah talk to you later bye Bye. Mm -hmm.